RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines, a former Demisto chairman tells a U.S. congressional hearing that Beijing is eroding Hong Kong's rule of law, human rights and freedom. The government unveils fresh measures to help the city's battered tourist sector and senior Democrats welcome the release of a letter alleging an, an attempt to cover up a phone conversation between Donald Trump and Ukraine's president. Former chairman of Demosisto, Nathan Law, has urged all U.S. senators to support the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act. Speaking at a congressional hearing in the U.S., he said Hong Kong's rule of law, human rights and freedom are being eroded by Beijing. He appealed to the international community to stand with Hong Kong and demand Beijing to comply with the joint declaration that it signed with Britain. Two pro-Beijing groups have staged protests outside the government headquarters demanding that it implement emergency laws. Around 80 people took part. They also say they want protesters banned from covering their faces. They believe emergency laws could restore peace. One of the groups was Real Hong Kongers View. Its convener, Frederick Lau, says he doesn't think introducing emergency laws would damage the city's reputation. Hong Kong is in the emergency situation because uh, the economy is is growing down. Maybe you see the France, a long time protests, a long time violence uh, activities. Hong Kong cannot a long time in this situation. A 15-year-old boy has been denied bail after appearing at the High Court over his possession of a modified hiking pole, a modified umbrella, a bottle of corrosive liquid mixed with green tea and a laser pointer during a protest at Tunmun on Saturday. He's been charged with possessing offensive weapons. High Court Judge Andrew Chan said the boy committed the alleged offense while he was on bail in another case and denied his bail application. The judge urged the Department of Justice to speed up its examination of the evidence to shorten the time that the boy is spent remanded in custody. The government has announced new measures to help relieve the cost of travel firms and agents amid a downturn in the trade. It will inject $6 million into the Travel Industry Council to subsidize the cost of license renewals for 6,000 travel guides. It will also waive the annual fees for travel firms and reduce monthly rent by half for food trucks over the next six months. The Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development, Edward Yao, said the measures were aimed at reducing the pressure on firms to sack workers. All the measures I introduced uh, and also highlight today are there to reduce their business running costs, for instance, examining certain uh, fees and charges, and also helping them uh, to go out to a promotional events by uh, sort of uh, subsidizing them to, to go out. The Employees Retraining Board also announced the launch of 36 new courses for workers who've been sacked or asked to take unpaid leave from June. They'll receive up to $4,000 a month for attending the courses, which are aimed at developing new job skills. Senior Democrats in the U.S. have welcomed the release of a whistleblower letter alleging that White House officials attempted to conceal the details of a phone conversation between Donald Trump and Ukraine's president. Notes from the phone call show the president asked the Ukrainian government to investigate his political rival, Joe Biden, for corruption shortly after the U.S. withheld military aid from the country. Mr. Trump says he did nothing wrong, but Hillary Clinton, who he defeated in 2016 a presidential election, told an event in Washington, D.C. that the president was unfit for the job. This occupant of the Oval Office poses a clear and present danger to our future, to our democracy. And 
This, this is not a political statement. It's a harsh reality because it goes to the core of our values, our strength, our freedom, our security, our prosperity. The United States has announced a dramatic cut in the number of refugees to be allowed into the country. The U.S. State Department says up to 18,000 will be resettled next year compared with 30,000 this year. The BBC's Peter Bowes has more. The number of refugees accepted into the United States fluctuates every year according to world events. During the Syrian crisis in the final years of the Obama administration, increasingly higher caps were adopted, with up to 110,000 being allowed in annually. But under Donald Trump, the numbers have fallen. The new cap of 18,000 is an all-time low. The administration says it plans to prioritise refugee slots for Iraqis who worked with the United States military, some persecuted people from Central America and small groups of religious minorities. The European signatories to the Iranian nuclear deal have warned that any further breaches of the deal by Tehran could risk its collapse and the return of UN sanctions. The BBC's James Landale reports. During the summer, Iran began stockpiling and enriching more uranium than is allowed under the deal it agreed to curb its nuclear programme. And it's threatened to go even further this autumn, unless European countries do more to protect it from sanctions imposed by the United States after it withdrew from the deal. But the BBC has learned that Britain, France and Germany this week formally warned Tehran they will trigger a special dispute mechanism if there's a further significant breach of the nuclear agreement. This could potentially lead to the collapse of the entire deal and the reimposition of United Nations sanctions, which would be applied by all UN members and have a devastating impact on Iran's economy. The European Union's chief Brexit negotiator, Michel Barnier, has given a downbeat assessment of talks with Britain. He told EU ambassadors that Brussels was still waiting for workable proposals on managing the border with Ireland. The BBC's Adam Fleming reports. The EU chief negotiator told senior diplomats in Brussels that the UK's proposals focus on managing different product standards and rules for customs on either side of the Irish border and that they don't meet the EU's requirements for protecting the single market and the economy on the whole island of Ireland. Michel Barnier also said the UK's concept of a plant and animal health zone would require the EU to unravel some of its own rules in this area. There was a warning that time is short before the next summit of EU leaders on the 17th of October. European diplomats believe the chances of finalising a revised Brexit agreement by then are dwindling. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has said tempers need to cool down in Parliament the day after he was accused of using inflammatory language during heated exchanges with opposition MPs. But Mr Johnson refused to apologise for dismissing as humbug concerns that MPs had received death threats from people using the same sort of language as him. The leader of the main opposition Labour Party, Jeremy Corbyn, says that's not good enough. The Prime Minister's language is encouraging people to behave in a disgraceful and abusive way towards other public figures. I've witnessed it myself on the streets of this country. Nigerian police say they've rescued hundreds of people from a building in the northern city of Kaduna where they were being detained. Eight suspects have been arrested. The BBC's Ishak Khalid reports from Abuja. The police commissioner for Kaduna State, Ali Janga, told the BBC the large house was raided following a tip-off about suspicious activity. He said officers discovered nearly 500 people, all male, and many of them children, detained inside. It's not clear how they got there. Some said they had been taken by relatives who believed the building was a religious school. The detainees said they had been locked up 
tortured and prevented from living, in some cases for several years. The police chief described it as a case of human slavery and cruelty. Eight suspects, including the alleged leader of the facility, have been arrested. Germany's parliament has voted to transfer the secret police files of the former East German communist government into the National Archives, despite concerns that it will restrict access to data on a controversial episode in Cold War history. The BBC's Warren Bull has more. Millions of files were compiled on East German citizens during the Cold War by the State Security Service, or Stasi, often using covert surveillance, informants or prison testimony. When the East German state collapsed 30 years ago, Stasi officers tried to destroy the records, but many were rescued and made publicly accessible, prompting many East Germans to check their own files and those of people they suspected of links to the East German state. Federal officials in charge of the files say they will now be kept in modern regional centers and will remain accessible to victims, journalists and historians. But critics say the change could lead to cover-ups of inconvenient truths and that a lid will be put on the history of East Germany. Saudi Arabia has announced its opening its doors to tourists from around the world for the first time. The BBC's Grant Ferret reports. The Crown Prince, Mohammed bin Salman, is keen to diversify the economy and reduce its reliance on oil exports. Until now, visas have been largely restricted to pilgrims and business people. From today, they'll be available to tourists from 49 countries. But Saudi Arabia's deeply conservative social attitudes and ban on alcohol, combined with the controversy over the killing last year of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi, might put off many potential visitors. The parents of 43 student teachers in Mexico who've been missing for exactly five years have called for justice to be delivered. They attended a ceremony in Congress to mark the anniversary of the incident. The students were last seen after traveling to the city of Iguala to take part in a protest. The BBC's Will Grant reports from Mexico City. Despite extensive searches in the state of Guerrero, turning up scores of bodies, none of the remains found pertain to the disappeared 43 student teachers who were taken by local police in 2014. However, at a news conference, President Andres Manuel López Obrador wearing a T-shirt which read Ayotzinapa, five years, I'm for the truth, urged the families not to abandon hope. A special investigator into the case confirmed that former high-level functionaries will be called before a new investigation, among them the then Attorney General, Jesus Murillo Caram. Tens of thousands of people have turned out for a school climate strike in New Zealand a week after students took to the streets in the rest of the world. The protest was delayed to allow school children to sit exams last Friday. Organizers say 40,000 people joined a demonstration outside Parliament in the capital, Wellington. Brazil's state for oil firm Petrobras says oil that contaminated beaches across the northeast of the country was produced abroad. The companies carried out an investigation to try to establish the origin of the mysterious spill. Photos shared on social media over the past month show black tar on the sands of some of the country's most beautiful beaches. Facebook is experimenting with a new feature which will hide the total number of likes and video views on posts. Social media giant is testing the idea in Australia and will then decide whether to introduce it globally. Critics have previously highlighted the potential damage to users' mental health caused by the pressure to perform well on social media. Sport, here's Adam Jung. A day after clinching the division title, the Minnesota Twins have made history by becoming the first team in Major League Baseball to hit 300 home runs in a season. 
Jonathan Scope's two-run shot in a 10-4 win in Detroit made sure the Twins beat the New York Yankees to the record books. The Yankees, having already clinched the division, are expected to reach the 300 mark this weekend. They held a previous record for home runs when they hit 267 last year. Meanwhile, the Cleveland Indians are in danger of missing the playoffs. They lost 8 nothing to the Chicago White Sox and are now two games outside the second American League wildcard spot with three left to play. More from our U.S. sports commentator, Ray Jovanovich. The American League, that's the last race to be determined, the wildcard picture. It's a fight between the Tampa Bay Rays... The Oakland A's, who have identical records, 95 wins, 63 losses, and the Cleveland Indians, who are, who are clinging to hope, but it appears that it will come down to Sunday, and uh, I sense that it will be raised A's in that wild card one game, winner-take-all playoff. The Milwaukee Brewers are hot on the tail of the St. Louis Cardinals in the race for the National League Central. The Brewers, who clinched a postseason berth yesterday, defeated Cincinnati 5-3 and are now just one game behind the leader, St. Louis. Milwaukee have won seven in a row. Both teams have three games remaining. Now the Formula One championship leader Lewis Hamilton has backed his Mercedes team to regain their early season form after a recent resurgence from rivals Ferrari. Hamilton is confident of success at this weekend's Russian Grand Prix, where Mercedes have been winners every year since the event started in 2014. Been a tough start of the second um, second half, um, but it's racing. I mean, it's, we've enjoyed we've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed the challenge. Um, of course, we we love we love winning and we exist to win. So that's what we're, we're still just massively driven to to produce better results. And so we're here. Well, luckily, we have six races left and six more tries at, at trying to change the, the viewpoint. And that's what we just continue to do, you know. We're by no means ever giving up. It's not part of our DNA. And so we just keep pushing. We finish with football. Athletic Bilbao went fourth in Spain's La Liga. They're two points off the top after a 3-0 home win over Elevez. Abar came from 2-0 down to beat Sevilla 3-2, and it finished one all between Celta Vigo and Espanyol. And in the Italian Serie A, Torino moved into the top six after a 2-1 victory over AC Milan. And that's your look at sports. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,964. That's 76 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $28 billion. To end the news, our top story is former Democisto chairman tells a U.S. congressional hearing that Beijing's eroding Hong Kong's rule of law, human rights and freedom. The government unveils fresh measures to help the city's battered tourist sector. The news from RTHK. The government is holding a public consultation on end-of-life care. Under the proposals, patients may decide if they will make advanced directives on their own treatment and care arrangements including on the refusal of life-sustaining treatment under preset conditions and on where they may spend their final days, such as at home or in an elderly home. Please send your views via the Food and Health Bureau website by December 16th. Night marks the end of one day and the start of another. Being alone could be lonely or a state of being at ease. Challenges are inevitable in life. Do they lead to pressure or motivation? Things can be seen from different angles. 
Talk with your family, friends or professionals or call the Social Welfare Department's hotline on 2343-2255. Consider different perspectives. Take a positive view. Three show on RTHK Radio 3. I'm Cruz McCalligan and it is my pleasure to be with you today until three o'clock on the lunchtime program. What are you having for lunch? I haven't had mine yet. I'm going to have it in a few hours time. So I've got quite a lot of time to think about what I'm going to have for lunch. We've got some great guests today. It's all about being hands-on and creative on today's Friday 123 show. We're going to be starting with a chat to Vivian Hui. So she's a felt artist and a craft teacher. Uh, so she's going to talk about felting, which um, sounds very different to what it is. Um, and she's going to be chatting to us about the power of passing on craft skills and learning craft skills and using our hands to, to make things. Then at two o'clock, we're going to be checking in with Janice Chan. She's the project manager at the Messy Play Carnival. And she's going to be letting us in for a sneak peek live from the venue to tell us what's all the mess about. But for now, let's start everything on the, the right foot. As the message said before, let's do some positive thinking. This is Cheryl Crow, and if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. Long way from here. 